is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask. COVID has changed a lot of things in our lives, and it can be hard for anyone. If you're struggling to cope, you don't have to go it alone. There's strength in reaching out. When you call the Safe and Strong Helpline, you can find support in your community. It's free and private, so your information won't be shared. Call 800-923-HELP to connect with someone who's ready to listen and who cares. That's 800-923-4357. We're stronger in community. This is Mike Parker for Evenflow Plumbing, your trusted award-winning plumber for the Mid-Valley. Evenflow specializes in complete plumbing and drain cleaning solutions for residential and commercial jobs. They treat your home like it's their home, and their flat rate pricing means no surprises at the end of the job. Evenflow takes pride in doing the job right the first time. Just call 541-738-8853 for all your plumbing needs. When you need a pro, go with the flow. Evenflow Plumbing. Hi, this is Matt Vaskersian with today's little-known legend of sports. Who's the only Major League player to get a hit for two different teams in two different cities on the same day? The answer is Joel Youngblood, a journeyman outfielder who accomplished the unique achievement on August 4, 1982. Youngblood began the day in Chicago as a member of the New York Mets, and he managed to get a single off Cubs starter Ferguson Jenkins in the third inning before he was told that he'd been traded to the Expos for a player to be named later. So in the middle of the game, Youngblood packed his bags, took a cab to the airport, and flew to Philadelphia, where Montreal was scheduled to play the Phillies in a night game. He arrived as that game was in the third inning and found himself inserted in the sixth as a defensive replacement. Youngblood had one at-bat and singled off Philly Steve Carlton for his second hit of the day, in his second uniform of the day, in his second city of the day. An unprecedented baseball feat that earns Joel Youngblood a mention as a little-known legend of sports. It's like I blinked, and suddenly all my business shifted to e-commerce. Now, my business hours are whenever my customers need me. My customers want everything now, and faster than ever. It's a whole different world. Your business is changing. The United States Postal Service is changing with it. We're bringing you fast, reliable shipping nationwide. And we're bringing it right when your customers need it. Let's discover new routes. Visit USPS.com slash new routes. The United States Postal Service. Priority, you. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. <clears throat> okay. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. <sighs> only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. joy that the student-athletes are returning to the fields and courts. But it doesn't feel quite the same. Where have the people gone? Seems like there's no one hanging on. Ha! 
job in 2020-21. The people may be cutouts, but there are still games, and there are still tailgate shows. They're still broadcast, and through it all, there is still the Joe Beaver Show, a place to gather at proper distances to talk about it all, to talk about what we do have. And it looks like we're ready to give it one more try. So, such as it is, we're ready to give it one more try with John and Mike and the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Mike Parker, John Warren, the Joe Beaver Show. I don't know enough about the sport, and those of you that watched it, it struck me, though, even in my ignorance, that... The Beavers didn't seem as urgent, as ready to defend that final goal in extra time yesterday mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Greensboro. Uh, again, if you watched it and know the sport well, you may have, oh no, they, it's just a great play by Virginia Tech. Was it? That's my question. We can talk about that amongst other things today. Seriously, I, we don't talk men's soccer and strategies and game finishing plays that often but while i was it in research sports central calling a good beavers win yesterday over ucla that didn't completely eliminate the frustrations of the other two the day before certainly less um, painful than friday night friday night was as somebody put it brutal and it was i mean you can't there's no getting around yeah. that friday night was a painful loss but Saturday, you just, you, you, you got beat. I mean, they, they pitched well and they beat you. I mean, mm -hmm. there was nothing to look at and say, oh, if only. Oh, we had them. We had them all the way. And then we, now Saturday, UCLA won the game with good pitching. I don't, I don't get worked up about that per se. Right. Friday's hard to get over with. No, over. And I thought thus yesterday to be able to, to get into a salvage mode and find a way to win was very good. Greg Fuchs with a monstrous homer. I'd like to have known where McGarry's went. Yeah, I don't know if you saw Fuchs's homer. Did you? No. Yesterday? No, I heard you describe it. But I don't know exactly where. Did McGarry's land kind of in the middle or go all the way to the back end of that facility? It was two right years in, ago? in the middle of the facility. Yeah, this was right, further then. Right on the roof. This was further. This almost cleared that whole yeah, well, batting practice. I mean, that whole BP facility. Either way, that's right way, that's way <laughs> out a, there. It was a clout. <laughs> and very nice to see the Beavers win that ball game yesterday. So if you want to reflect on what you saw over the weekend on that, we'd love to hear from you in open phones. But the men's soccer heartbreak is sort of first and foremost in my mind as yeah. the Beavers were wrapping up there when we had on another monitor in Research Sports Central, the fourth floor on the northeast side in the Beaver Sports Property Suite at Research Stadium. The soccer match over here, baseball over here, and shooting glances occasionally. And again, completely uninformed and ignorant eyes along the lines of where uh, the pin placement. Tell me about the pin placement. Well, <laughs> it's right over there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what he meant when Arena asked the question, and the same comes for soccer strategies and so on. I, I don't quite know what leads to, you know, why and how uh, things happen in the sport. I, I love it. It's exciting, and it's an incredibly 
a fast, quick, action-packed game. They're fun to watch, but I don't know the strategies. The little man doesn't understand the nomenclature of the game. I do not. Am I wrong? When I saw that goal go in to win it in extra time, I thought we didn't look we didn't look like we were trying to stop it even, or like, are you fully ready? The ball kind of plopped in between a defender or two that seemed to just kind of be standing there. I, am I right or wrong? I don't know. I don't want to criticize the kids. Did they no. think the match w- was going to this next extra time period? I don't know, but it, huh. that's what it looked like to me. Well, that's disappointing. That it's. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a great year and, and everything. I wish I would have been able to see it to know to look at the body language that you're talking about because the kids were crushed it was uh yeah yeah was it kind of hanging there when you would think like go go get it kind of that's how it looked to me yeah but, but again they may have done everything they possibly could and the Hokies just made a play yeah. I, I don't know the answer to it i don't know how many people listening to the joe beaver show and we thank you for doing that. Did you watch any of that match on the live stream and have any opinion whatsoever on what played out? Certainly for the Beavers to score with like 343 left in regulation, that was so beautifully done in its own right. And then to get into extra time with what is the term a golden goal if you score, it's that's akin to our sudden death terminology Mm -hmm. whoever scores first wins and so there was going to be another period another 10 minute period and i think it was down to four or five seconds when virginia tech scored yes serious yeah and that's why i think there's some speculation out there that maybe maybe on on an entry pass there wasn't People thought it was going to be over or was over. I, I don't know, mm. John. I just don't know. But that's why I don't. That's why I, I, I'm not a fan of soccer in some of the rules that they have. Not having a scoreboard and having to have the scoreboard per official. Just have the scoreboard person start and stop the clock when the official raises a hand. Instead of the official having, literally, the, you have no idea. And when they go mm-hmm. into uh, extra play because of the stoppage of time, you're watching a Timbers game or an EPL game, whatever, you have no idea when it's going to end. Mm-hmm. You have an idea of around the time, but it's like, eh, oh, no, what are we going to yeah. Now, maybe the game itself I like, that fans like. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the game itself, but a, a lot of the rules I don't okay. like. If anyone wants to weigh in on that, amongst other things, Michael Chaplin will join us to get his thoughts about the opening of the new practice facility. And that's been a story that has we've tried to get uh, Michael on last week. We just weren't able to. He joins us today to share his thoughts about that at 1230. We've got a couple of other requests out that we hope we get uh, yeses on. One from an Oregon State a student-athlete from the track and field team about the high-performance meet over the weekend. We may get Kaylee Mitchell, who set a record in the 3,000 steeplechase. We'll see on that. And we also have a request out to Wadi. I will let forever know Jim Watson as Wadi because of one man, Barry Tompkins. Yeah, and I think Clement was calling Wadi. Was he? Yeah. Wes Clemens? Yeah. Or Wes Clements? 
It's Clemens, I believe. So uh, what are you looking at? Well, I, just, I noticed a, a text that came in okay. that said on the University Honda text line, <laughs> 497-5356, mm-hmm. by the way, always, always open. Do you remember? Well, I'll just read the text. Okay. And then I confirmed here. Do you remember a couple of years ago interviewing a boy from Corvallis High School named Roman Gabriel? Yes. Yes. We chuckled about the comparisons to the old Rams quarterback, Roman Gabriel. Anyway, he's the goalkeeper for Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Because of an injury? Did, did he take no, over? No, I think, I think, yeah, I think he, I don't know. Well, let me, okay. let me read the rest of it here. Um, he was on the field during their loss and had a great save early in the game on that play. That they uh, that they lost the game. The ball is coming out uh, out him at him must be at an angle. He approaches. The ball was caught out of position. When you see the replay, you can understand how it happened. He thought he was going to be able to catch the ball in the air, and that's from Daryl. Thanks for for texting oh, Daryl on the winning goal. Yeah. Okay. So just mispositioned. Okay. But not or a miscalculation. Not not a sense of it's over and we're standing uh, here that they did everything they could yeah yeah and just the Hokies made a play I read his name this morning in the game story and I thought Roman Gabriel mm-hmm. yeah now, I know who Roman Gabriel is but I thought we interviewed someone not long ago named Roman Gabriel about his name in fact but I didn't think it was that far back anyway so he was the he was the uh, the goalkeeper, but I think that kind of explains it. Like, you might have been thinking of Roman Silva, whose middle name is Gabriel. That's who we I talked was thinking about Roman of. Gabriel yes. Silva. But yes. we had, I, I think we had Roman himself on the show, or his coach in talking about the phenomenon of having a young man yeah. in Corvallis named Roman Gabriel and was not named for the quarterback, yeah. which I find just both right. things interesting. There's right. another Roman Gabriel in the world, and he's not named for Roman right. Gabriel. <laughs> but we have open phones on the Beaver Baseball Series, the men's soccer heartbreak. Are you buying the Blazers' mini resurgence? Jason Quick will join us tomorrow, and we'll get his thoughts. I talked to him today. No. I talked to him today, and he said he's never seen a season like this for the Blazers ever. Terrible, great, yeah. terrible, great. He had him written off and done. So did Chad in Portland, our good friend Chad Doing. Yeah, who, who does the fifth quarter a week ago? He was apocalyptic in his pronouncements that this thing is over. They're done. They're not playing with any heart, fire, passion. They're done. They probably won't win a game on this upcoming road trip. Chad yesterday on the fifth quarter after the win over the Celtics was, well, I, I, I guess I was wrong. Well, yeah, he was wrong about them not wanting a game on the road trip. Yeah. But is he wrong in general? I still think there's some people who feel like, yeah, even now it may be fool's gold. Even now it, it just could be a, a tease lulling you in, and then they're going to hurt you again soon. Well, I mean, who knows? <clears throat> But, I think they may qualify. I think they may may secure it and qualify, but then peter out real fast. The NFL draft, Jamar Jefferson, <coughs> going to play with some anger in camp. It's not yeah. like he feels like it's his whole life story, and I expect good things. I yeah. expect him to make the roster, and 
As I think Dashiell quoted an NFL scout, a West Coast scout, saying you put him in his own scheme and he'll rush for 850 yards and seven or nine touchdowns or whatever in the right scheme. He's the right back, and he'll he'll play well and have a productive career in the NFL. His entire life he's been overlooked. So I guess he shouldn't have expected anything different, but he'd been led to believe he might hear his name in the third or fourth round. He's one of the last players picked, but he goes. Nishan Wright, yeah. 99 in the third round, goes ahead of the celebrated Elijah Molden. Yeah. By one pick anyway, but he goes. <laughs> yeah. And he goes with, yeah, apparently he compared himself in some comment or whatever to Richard Sherman, to which Richard responded, like, who? Who are you? What? <laughs> but, but I don't mind it. I don't mind Nishan going in that position. You better be pretty sure yeah. of yourself and your skill set and talent. But that was kind of amusing over the weekend. Hamica and Isaiah Dunn get free agent deals with the Jets. So if you want to talk about the NFL draft, the Blazers' many resurgence, whether you're buying or selling, men's soccer heartbreak, the Beaver weekend series, Dynasty in the Woods. Have any of you watched the initial release and have thoughts about what Josh hath wrought? Uh, the Beavers listen to, listen to. I yeah, should say, yeah, yeah listen yeah. to. Although Ellie is always saying to me, "Dad, I want to show you a song," and then plays me a song. <laughs> Man, I'm looking around. Where, 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 am I going to see it? And then you correct her, but does no, she change it? No, I don't it? correct her. I just oh, okay. But that's what the kids say now. The kids they say, yeah, "I'm going to show you a song." Yeah. I'll show you. My friend showed me this song, and they're not talking about videos. They're talking about the song being played on some right. platform, and they heard it. Well, so I'm trying to figure out what my daughter's doing with her here. senses. The Beavers add another player in men's hoop, so that's four D1 transfers. I kind of it's a strange new world we're in, but I don't mind. Yeah. We're going to get to know Trey Williams and Ahmad Rand and Shoal Maryall and Xavier Malone Key, and then Shoal. I was yeah. wondering how you say that. So if you have any thoughts on any of these things, Amy and anybody else, feel free to jump in at 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. We'd love to hear from you. Men's soccer, baseball, track, blazer basketball. <laughs> Are you being lulled back in? I've, I've seen so many comments from fans and heard. Yeah. I was done with a team, but now I'm back. Uh, you're not a fan. You got to be. If you're a fan, you're in all the time. Paul, what does Paul have to say? Baseball. You know? Okay, Ray. let's go. It's I didn't. I didn't even baseball. ask you. I didn't even ask you. I know. You know. I said. That's I why knew I made him wait because Paul needs Paul. to know. We got to get well, through our monologue. We do have monologue. open phones. If you have no, and I'm, I'm inviting any comment. We're inviting always comments on either the text line or the phone <laughs> line. Any thoughts about the Beaver baseball weekend, Wadi? And Wes Clemens together, how were they as a team? How was the broadcast? Somebody told me that the two of them seem to have a man crush on Savage or UCLA baseball in general. But yeah, I heard that too. Any fan, you know, we're always feeling like the team that we like doesn't get as much love as they should. I, you know what? Is, I watched a lot of them. I probably watched okay. a good 45 minutes. Was it Friday? Friday. I didn't get that at all. So you felt it was a fair and balanced yes. broadcast. And every time people say that for the game that I watched, I'm like, no. Okay. No. We are fans. Well, it's too sensitive. It's okay. like, are you kidding me? So if you have any thoughts about that, <laughs> feel free. 
497-5356. Let's go to Paul on the Downward Dog Sports Line. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good morning. Yeah, there's way more things that to get to than I can even remember. But uh, as far as as being uh, uh, not just, the umpiring was atrocious. I can't believe how many balls clear off the plate. I mean, if you watch, I have never seen a catcher like that, UCLA catcher. he catch a ball in the dirt two feet off the plate, and he'd jerk his glove back over like he was going to frame it. I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> but he did steal many strikes from three inches off the plate because the umpire was calling him strikes on us. It was just atrocious. Okay. I'll let that and one I, slide. I, I, I have no opinions. Both, all the games. And yeah. Number one, John Savage, when his player was called out the third strike, Yes. I, I don't know, I guess the guy was outside the batter's box and wasn't allowing the pitcher to pitch. But John Savage said on the air, he says, well, I don't know, Broson's a good umpire, so I'll trust his judgment. <laughs> mm. Now, I don't know if Savage was being – you mentioned that, Paul. I think you texted me that, and I appreciate that. Was he being sarcastic or was he being sincere, genuine, that I, I have not seen that severe of a penalty. In fact, I've not seen any penalty invoked yet on a timing matter. But did the announcers, Paul, on television explain he's being called out for delay of game, essentially? 0-2, the penalty, apparently, is strike three, you're out. I mean, I never heard because I was calling the game remotely and it never saw an explanation up on the stats board. It said so-and-so struck out looking, which is what apparently that goes into the books as, even though a pitch was not thrown. Mm. He was called out on strikes. Did the announcer say, well, he was called out because he was delaying the game? No, I've never, I didn't hear that because I heard, I went, I was listening to you and then I was switching the radio off the TV on, you know, I hitting my mute buttons, you know, to listen to one or the other, but I didn't hear the announcers actually say that. But did you miss the other call where they called, where they, 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 they did it again? And I think you must have turned, you must have blinked or looked down at your, your, you know, note or something because the umpire turned around to the press box and held up two fingers and one fingers because the batter was called a uh, no pitch was called a strike on another batter, another UCLA batter. And that happened a couple innings after the guy was called out. Yeah, I may have missed that. I, I did not, to be honest with you, Paul, I didn't see that if that happened. But on on one level, now, that tells me then that the, the umpires were not in any way biased or making calls against Oregon State because they wanted to or could. If you're assessing those types of penalties against UCLA hitters, then then you're, you're being as fair and objective as possible. And that's good because UCLA historically, Cal too, but historically UCLA takes a long time to do everything, whether it's throw the next pitch or get the sign from the dugout or get in and out of the box. So I'm glad that apparently those umpires were enforcing pace of play in that respect. And I, and I think the uh, walkie-talkie and the catcher with the earpiece is one thing that is speeding up the game, and that's why it's being allowed because the, yeah. the 
catcher doesn't have to look over there and try to uh, see what the sign is, you know. He might not have a good view or the sign giver might not be yep. really uh, forthcoming with what the sign is, you know. So, yeah, that that is a, a, that is a time-enhancing thing with the walkie-talkie. Yep. Okay, Paul. Anything else today? Hey, and I, I want you to I want you to ask Mitch Canham if he'd like a do over on holding Forrester at third on this, the the not so sacrifice fly. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I did, Paul. If you did, you hear the pregame show the next day on Saturday? I'm sorry, I did not okay. listen to the whole pregame. Show. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay, then, you know, you need to be a little more uh, dedicated to this to the <laughs> cause. You know, I'm joking. Um, so did you ask It's him? funny. You know what? It was one of the best answers I've ever heard. Seriously. I What I asked Mitch was, you know, we, we might even still have it, and I'll play it for you if you'd like to hear it. You know, this was the, at some point during the show today. That first one answer, I asked him about, I said, Coach, that's obviously losses are losses, and, you know, that one, though, that was tough on the t- scale of heartbreak and all that. that was pretty high up there. You take a four to one, five to one lead into the bottom of the ninth and lose. That's hard, period. So I just asked, as the leader and head coach of the team, what do you do now to help the guys come back today? What's the message you give them in, in the immediate aftermath and today as they get ready to go play game two? How do you deal with a game like that? That was essentially the question. He and the answer took on every moment of the game, including the Forrester tag-not-tag play, and gave his full answer. So there was no need for me to then to come back to him and say, Mm -hmm. well, if you had it to do over, would you have sent him? I think the answer to that on one level is a simple, yeah, he probably would, but he, he explained carefully in the answer why he didn't, and I tried to account for that during the broadcast as well, and I know it didn't work out, so it looks really bad, and he should have sent him. But he had a reason for not doing it, and it wasn't just because he's a bad third base coach. He had a reason for not doing it. Because there was only one out. No, well, that yeah, the ball being caught in right field, that was the first out, yes. And so he's got another chance with the next hitter, he, he's risking now. He's got to compute in those moments while the ball's in the air. The runner, the arm of Curiali in right field, the depth of the fly, who's on deck, what the situation is. He's making all of these things are going through his head, and he had Forrester tag. Forrester took three steps, and then he put up the stop sign. Now, I'm not sure where the line of communication broke down on the other runner and what the rule is and what they're taught. But I understand from Joe's perspective, I guess, you know, he's thinking like I was and like perhaps many were that that's a deep enough fly to score Forrester and he's going to bust his rear end and get to third to be there for another fly ball with one out. So, you know, I don't know, again, how that breaks down. And I'd have to have Coach Canham or Gippy or somebody say, this is the rule and this is what we teach to know exactly what that answer is. But... Mitch had a reason for stopping Forrester, and it all, if the ball would have been hit a little shallower, it would have been better in a sense. Yeah. But it was just hit in kind of a medium depth right with a fairly slow runner and Forrester at third that Mitch thought, ah, I don't want to get a double play at the plate when I've got a chance for another fly another ball up. with the next hitter. 
Well, the only thing that I, the only thing that doesn't compute for me was you got a quote unquote bad runner who just hit his first triple and there was no bobble of the ball in the outfield and he made it to third. So why not send him on that fly? No, I, I know, but the throw, had the throw been accurate? The throw to had the throw the pulled the third baseman toward the plate. He had to go backhand it, then come back with a sweeping tag. An accurate throw, Garrett would have been out at third. So, I mean, Mitch is computing all of that too while he's while the ball's in the air. Well, anyway, yesterday's game was a, was a nice comeback. Yes. I think I think the guys did themselves proud in that one. And uh, yes. You know, it was a nail-biter there at the end, but they finally prevailed. Yeah, it was a good one, Paul. Thanks for the call. Let's take a break on that note. Many things are out there, Doc. Many things today. Baseball, because baseball is what it is, there are so many games and moments and plays we can go back and look at. I only have one question. I I was listening mostly to you and then working around issues here and then trying to, you know, have a life, go to Portland, visit family. Um, I only heard a small discussion about the word walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, what, what? You know, I was away from the TV, right. doing some stuff, half listening, not active listening. So Paul's statement to you clears it all up. But that makes me want to ask questions. Is the is UCLA the only one doing that? No. Is everyone doing it? I don't it? know if everyone's doing it. And I was not up to speed going into the series on the walkie-talkie phenomenon. I haven't. It's not a question. It's not a because I haven't been around the team at all. Haven't yeah. been able to go to practice. Haven't right. been able to talk about these types of things in this odd year we're in. That would be something you would have learned, I would have learned if we were in normal times before the year. And it might have even come out in an article, a feature article, earlier in the year. I don't think we're doing it. It's possible. It's possible that the GT and a beat writer, Jared or whomever, has written about that. Yeah. It is new this year, though, isn't it? I don't believe it was happening last year, was it? I didn't do any games last year. And I'm surprised it's legal. I mean, usually a thing like that you think would take years of... right. Of bureaucratic uh, paperwork to get through, so it's kind of a cool thing. And Paul's right; it would it would dramatically yes. speed things up. Yes. Okay, uh, go with the slider. You know, have have so and so. You know, absolutely mm-hmm. quick, mm-hmm. and then there you are. You're done. If you have any thoughts on these matters, feel free four nine seven fifty three fifty six. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. Would love to hear from any of you on any of the above, including the men's soccer match yesterday. Did you watch it with great attention to detail? How did the Beavers play? Was there any kind of breakdown or just out of, slightly out of position in the final seconds and it cost them? But it's not that they failed to execute. Virginia Tech, the ball just, the entry pass was great. The Beavers were a little bit off. I don't know. I'm just asking how do you account for that golden goal with four seconds to go? 497-5356, if you'd like to jump in on any of these matters. does not. It, it, it's painful, no doubt, but what a great year the men's soccer program had, to be sure. Let's break. We'll come back on 1240 Joe Radio. We set them up. You knock them down. 
of staying home, are you ready to get out and enjoy an activity that is safe and fun? Join a summer league at Highland Bowl. Check out their league schedule at highlandbowl.com and find a day and time that's just right for you and your friends. Don't be left in the gutter. Join a summer league at Highland Bowl today. Highland Bowl, North 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. Stargazer Premier Florist knows flowers are a beautiful way to make mothers feel loved and appreciated, especially now. And they're ready to help deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Mother's Day flower arrangements and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time. Stargazer is providing no-contact deliveries while maintaining cleanliness and health safety in the shop. So stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of Mother's Day arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist located at 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 72 years and is still here to help you 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. And don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at middletonheating.net Howdy folks, Linda McHenry here to tell you what you need to know about Eats and Treats Cafe in Philoma. We serve up just darn good comfort food, serious barbecue, and amazing baked goods from our on-premise bakery. And we serve it up in three different ways. Take out order with curbside pickup, dine inside with advanced reservations, and alfresco dining outside along our covered breezeway. That's Eats and Treats Cafe on the corners of 17th and Main Streets in Philomath. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Come see me at my new location at 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call. Glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glass Man. Mother's Day is this Sunday. Make her day extra special with a gift from Burst Chocolates in Corvallis. For over 80 years, Burst has continued the old-fashioned and time-honored tradition of making all their chocolates by hand and in small batches from original Burst family recipes. A box of candy from Burst is always a sweet Mother's Day idea. They're between 3rd and 4th on Madison in downtown Corvallis or online at BurstChocolate.com. Burst Chocolates, sweet in the valley since 1938. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. All right, welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, Mariner Baseball, by the way, tonight. I'm, I'm glad that they got the series win over Anaheim because it didn't go 
the way it's always gone. And by the way, Ken is on the line. Or Tim. Or Tim. The player to be named later. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's hard okay. to hear. And right when I answered the phone, it got really loud in my mm-hmm. headphones. Anyway, there was that, that danger zone of, oh, they started out hot like last year or two years ago, 13 wins, and then fell into the abyss of their <laughs> terribleness. And I didn't think that they had, I think they have more of a foundation this time. And they were horrible against Houston. But came back and won the series with Anaheim. I thought that was pretty important. That is good. Yes, it's good to see. Let's go to, we. I'm going to get take a stab and say Tim, but you think it could be Ken. I think it's Ken. Let's see. Who is this? And welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. John's right. It's Ken. Hey, I'm Ken. I'm very offended by call, being, called, being, being called Tim. Sorry. It's terrible. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's uh, a bad name. Yeah. So a couple things. Yeah, a couple of things. My wife and I noticed the earplugs on the catchers before we ever saw anybody watching the games all the way back to the Washington State Series. I just thought it was interesting. I saw Troy Clotz with the earphone. I'm all, huh, that's weird. I didn't notice. I didn't know if that was a new rule, um, but I saw that. But they don't do it during non-conference games. So I'm, I'm guessing it's just the Pac-12 rule this year, being able to talk on the walkie-talkie. Do you guys know otherwise? That's it. I think Mitch may have answered the question yesterday when I asked him about it. I'll go back and listen to the file during a break and see if he made a distinction between conference and non-conference when I brought up the subject of the walkie-talkie and the earpiece. I can't quite remember what he said, to be honest with you about that. Yeah, second thing I want to talk to you about, Mike, is hit-by-pitch, but on the, on the message boards, we've been discussing this. I actually looked the rule up. There's a, been a, there was a rule change last year, I noticed, and it's very bold. It says if you're in the batter's box, you do not have to move out of the way out of a, out of a pitch anymore. You right. can stand there as, lo- as long as you're in the box and the pitch is in the box, not obviously outside the box. Yes. But I just thought I, I, I see – a lot of people getting really mad. I get really angry when I see guys lean into pitches. That just infuriates me that umpires don't call that more often. But if you stand there and get hit, that's the old-fashioned taking one for the team. And I wish guys <laughs> drive me crazy. Just let it happen, man, because we would be <laughs> we would have taken 20 pitches this year where other teams like UCLA this weekend and UCI last weekend yes. was horrible. Yes. They just they do what you're supposed to do. Stand there, and just take it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it and it hurts you offensive. I mean, it hurts you defensively to have that. It just drives me nuts. So anyway, I just thought I'd like to say that. Ken, that's good. I have uh, I have been wrong. I, I've been misinformed and uninformed. I should say not so much miss, but uninformed about that latest change because the rule has gone back and forth through the years. There were times that you didn't have to make an effort. Then, no, not, no, you do have to make an effort to get out of the way. No, you, you, you don't have to make an effort, but you can't lean into a pitch. I do have the rule, and I'll read it verbatim uh, shortly, that uh, Richard Gallagher was kind enough to send to me when I was getting agitated about a batter just standing there and letting the ball hit him. Uh, because I'm still I'm afraid that my, my whole experience with that rule goes back to when I was 
nine years old listening to a ball game and Vin Scully going on and on about a batter and he quoted Rule 608, Dick Dietz against Drysdale, May 31st of 1968, when Dick Dietz stood and took a pitch that would have broken up Drysdale's scoreless streak, I was listening the night that I thought the streak was over and began to cry in my bed. And then Scully, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. The ball must have hit the batter. No, no, now, now Harry Wendelstead and then Scully for the next 10 minutes finds out what's happening on the field and explained that a batter must make an attempt to get out of the way of a pitch ball. Now, that's 1968. So I've got to tell you that I have not. That got into my head just as a general principle that a hitter must make an effort. But the rules yeah, gone back think, and think, the, the rules gone back and forth. Gone, it, it has. And I think last year, I, I looked at last year's rule book. If you get on the NCAA page where they emphasize, like they do in football and basketball, they're going to emphasize you know, whatever, mm-hmm. char- the charging foul this right. year. Last year, it was in bold, like in, in the very first opening section where new rule emphasis is, and where it said that you do not have to make an effort to get out of the way. You basically, and then they give an example, and they basically say the batter's box area is, belongs to the batter. Okay. And if you're hit inside that box, um, it's, it's a hit by pitch, and the ball's dead, period. Yep. Um, even if yep. you try to get out of the way or don't. So, okay. Yeah. I did make an emphasis on it. So I appreciate that, yeah. Ken. Anyway, Thank you. You bet. I, I found a couple of articles on p- uh, pitcher or catchers using earpieces, and it started in 2017 at Ole Miss, and the coach was using it as an experiment. And then there's an article um, from Kendall Rogers, D1Baseball.com, back in 2018. Uh, SEC baseball adds tech with wireless pitch calling. So the the, uh, the the Southeastern Conference allowed it, started allowing it two years ago. So it's been going on now for a while. And if you say UCLA, well, the, the TV, the UCLA was doing it. Now, Ken says the Beaver has, catchers have had earpieces, and I never noticed that. And uh, so maybe this is a widespread thing now. And I think it's great. Ken is right. Or who was it? Uh, uh, Paul was right. It can really speed things up, and yet here we are, two thirds of the way from the se- through the season, we didn't even know it. I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I'm just telling you, I, I hadn't seen it come into play. Had not seen a visual of that. But this weekend, John Savage just sits there on his little stool before he decides. Eh, I think I'll get up. And, <laughs> but you never saw him doing any signs or no he was on the walkie-talkie the whole game oh, he's, he's just on always the on the walkie-talkie okay, yeah so that got me well, you know i didn't know i didn't know who he, and i'm sorry to have been so uninformed about that that's part of the problem of the era we're in not yeah. being able to get down on the field and i mean be around and uh, you know, I, I might even have been able to at some point sitting in the offices with Rich and Mitch and say, hey, who's calling the pitches? Does Troy call his own game? Well, at that point, yeah, the subject of the earpiece would have come up. Yeah. Well, he's got an earpiece and I can Oh, an earpiece. Tell I me haven't about had that, that conversation. Right. right. I just so I can blame everything on 2020, 2021 and week 60. I can also take some responsibility that it's on me to not. You know, I, I should know that, and I should have known the walkie-talkie phenomenon. 
but I hadn't seen it until this weekend. Then there was one shot of the Beaver dugout that I saw on the live stream feed from the Pac-12. While the cameras were constantly on Savage on his stool on the walkie-talkie, I saw Rich Dorman once talking into his walkie-talkie standing behind Mitch Canham in the Beavers' dugout on the first base side. So, one shot of Rich doing the same, and Troy Clonch apparently had, somebody said they saw an earpiece pop out of Clonch's ear right. when he came out to the mound for a visit <laughs> on one of the visits. And just, Paul, okay. Paul was just saying that he thought Savage, too, was talking to the bullpen uh, well, to see I, if certain pitchers were warmed right, no, up. That's yet. what I thought when I first saw it. Yeah. So the walkie-talkie phenomenon and communicating directly with the catchers goes all the way back to 2017, but I just know that it hasn't been part of our world right. until this year, unless it was last year and you didn't know it. No. I didn't know it. And they didn't tell I us. I never did any games. And you were in the. It was the. You were not quite yet in the COVID games. restrictions yet, but you, you. But it's not the type of thing you would think. That, oh, by the way, are you using the walkie-talkies? No. I mean, no. Now that would be something that if you're, if you're around a sports information person, they might say, "Oh, yeah, they're using walkie-talkies this year. That might be something interesting for a broadcast." Or a feature article that would be local, like, hey, uh, I hear you guys, or I see this thing, and then and then they do a feature article. So And that never came up. So maybe it's just so new to the Pac-12 conference. Be something to follow up on and look around and see who's using it and who's not in the Pac-12 conference. Let's take a break, John, on that note. As we do, the rule reads this on the hit-by-pitch <clears throat> thing. This is... Uh, from base running, rule eight, batter becomes base runner, section two, and then there A, B, C, D, and subset one under D. When hit by a pitch ball, D says, at which the individual is not attempting to strike, the ball is immediately dead. One, a batter may not make a movement to intentionally get hit by the pitch regardless of the location of the pitch. This next sentence is what still puzzles me a bit. The next sentence in the rule reads, He must also avoid being hit whenever possible, comma. Now, what comes after the comma, to me, dispels that. Why is that even written? That's what has confused me, even in knowing the rule and kind of trying to assimilate the rule from a year ago, two years ago, I think in 2019. Mm -hmm. Why put that language in when the following comes after the comma? He must also avoid being hit whenever possible, comma, unless the pitch is within the batter's box occupied by the batter. Well, where else would, where else be? would it be? I mean, if you're going to get hit by a pitch, you're going to be in the batter's box. Right. The batter's in the box and you get hit by a pitch. Uh, Unless you're standing on top of the plate or your hands are out over the plate or something, I guess that's why that clause has to be put in. He must also avoid being hit whenever possible. For me, takes in some territory, but then the comma erases that when it says, unless the pitch is within the batter's box occupied by the batter. If the batter's action is deemed intentional, then, A, if the ball's in the strike zone when it touches the batter or if the batter moves to get intentionally hit or freezes 
to allow a pitch that is not within the batter's box to hit him. (laughs) The ball is dead. It shall be called a strike, and the batter is not awarded first base. If the ball, and here's B, and this is the end on it. If the ball is within the batter's box occupied by the batter and the batter makes no movement to intentionally get hit by the pitch, the batter is awarded first base. In other words, a batter who freezes inside the batter's box and who is hit by the pitch shall be awarded first base. No matter what. Right. It's going to be hit batter goes to first. There won't be you didn't make an attempt. Right. Take that away. Right. Then why put that language? He must also avoid being hit whenever possible. Why put that language in the rule? Yeah, because it's the opposite of what we're trying to declare, and it's confusing. Yes, it is. And I'm confused enough in life and existence and everything (laughs) else to to put that clause in the rule renders it a bit ambiguous. Well, I'd me. also like to know what they mean by in or out of the batter's box. Because if you're out of the batter's box, you're out of play. <laughs> right. So the ball's going to be off I mean, by 10 feet. If you get hit by a pitch, you're in a batter's box. Yes. Unless your foot is on the line and you're deemed out. I don't know. Yeah, but, I know. That's a good point. But you're in there. You're you're assuming your feet are in. And you're, you're yeah. there to hit the ball. And then it comes at you. And you take it. Now, I know, I know, because I've talked to Case and Pat Bailey through the year, does a batter need to make an, yes, they do. And so it's changed. And that's why all of these rules are, they're modified, the bold print, underlined stuff. And, And so the bottom line is the final thing. In other words, a batter who freezes inside the batter's box and is hit by the pitch shall be awarded first base. And that's the point Ken was making. Then take one for the team. Just stand there like Kalijah and take it and take your base. And that's what a lot of teams do. And you can do it. But it's Buttermaker telling the kid to take one. Oh, I don't want to. I don't just do it. I don't oh, I don't want to. We'll take a break. Come back after this on twelve forty Joe Radio. People are talking about Thai Express and Corvallis. Ken says, Very good. Nice amount of shrimp and tofu in my pad thai. Excellent customer service. Come and experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity and customized to your taste. It's same, same, but different. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai. Thai Express, locally and veteran-owned on 9th Street behind Little Caesars in Corvallis. Right now at your local Domino's, you can carry out any size pizza with unlimited toppings for only $12.99 when ordering to carry out at the store, by phone, or online with a C12 code. Also, Domino's is now hiring for all positions. Domino's offers flexible hours, pay raises, and bonuses for managers and drivers leave with cash in their pocket after every shift. Apply online at Domino's.com or stop by the Domino's store at Monmouth, Staten, Lebanon, Albany, or Corvallis. Domino's, delivering oven-baked goodness since 1960. Have you tried to trade in or sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Guarantee will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. My name is Tanya and I live in Harrisburg. We used our trailer a few times last fall and it was just too small for our family. Guarantee made us a good faith offer for our RV that we couldn't refuse. Now we have the perfect RV and the kids love the bunk beds. Trailers, fifth wheels, toy 
toy haulers, motorhomes. They all qualify for Cash for Campers. My name is Chet, and I live in Eugene. Guarantee made it so easy. They picked up my old RV and swapped it out for a brand new one with plenty of storage and a beautiful new kitchen. Uh, they even paid off my existing loan. Text sell my RV to 55678 for special offers or visit guarantee.com. That's sell my RV to 55678. Guarantee RV. Here to help you sell or trade your RV with no hassles and no gimmicks. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. COVID has changed a lot of things in our lives, and it can be hard for anyone. If you're struggling to cope, you don't have to go it alone. There's strength in reaching out. When you call the Safe and Strong Helpline, you can find support in your community. It's free and private, so your information won't be shared. Call 800-923-HELP to connect with someone who's ready to listen and who cares. That's 800-923-4357. We're stronger in community. Welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show, where both Mike Parker and John Warren are not only experts in sports talk radio, but also the current state of social media. I need to post way more pictures of myself on Instagram. The world needs to see this. And here's the humble men themselves, Mike Parker and John Warren on the Joe Beaver Show. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show, and I'm glad Dave called because there are many things that I, I wanted to talk to Dave about. It's been a while. I know other things that he's been dealing with, and we appreciate him taking time to call the show today, whatever may be on his mind. But I did want to ask Dave about <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers situation. You know, the NFL draft is one thing, and the NFL draft's a compelling event. I get it. And NFL is king. And so for national talk shows and all the shows to be talking about all the quarterbacks all the time, anywhere you turn, and then breaking down and grading the draft after the draft, the pre-draft analysis, the draft itself, the grades after the fact, what – but now the whole Aaron Rodgers situation has come up to continue to dominate the conversation – on the national shows, and it should for an MVP and a player of his caliber. But I remember years and years ago, Colin, when we're doing sports talk radio in Portland, other markets, out of the blue, we'd call a radio station in Memphis or Philadelphia or New Jersey and just say, yeah, just we're out here in Portland, want to know what you think of the Drexler situation. (laughs) And most people, of course, what? The Drexler situation? (laughs) Nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody knew when we were talking about Clyde's angst over his contract. Clyde chose... Didn't make national news. No, well, he chose long-term security, and then the market changed. Yeah. He signed a deal, and now he's like the eighth highest-paid player on his own team, and he's the superstar. <laughs> right, But he right. had, several years ago, signed his name to a long-term mm-hmm. contract to secure him for life, but then the money got bigger and bigger, and he's left behind. Now he wants it rewritten. And so... 
you know, Russell Wilson's, and I'm not sure who's all in those kinds of situations, but the market mm-hmm. needs some correction. Is and should it be corrected by management, or do you say, Clyde, look, you had a chance to to mm-hmm. go free agency and get the big, but you chose this, so sorry, but we're moving on, and the contract holds. Yeah, and but so we were calling people, asking the Drexler situation, and nobody knew, of course. <laughs> but everybody knows the Rogers situation now because everybody's talking about it on the national shows. Right, there right. were fewer of those then. So Dave will, as a big, lifetime Green Bay Packer fan, may have an opinion about Aaron's uh, state of discomfort. Right, he's he's not happy, evidently. What's it all going to mean? And you heard the excellent reporter on with Rome, Charles Robinson. Will Rodgers take the first snap? It's a coin flip. Yeah. 50-50. Right, right, I heard now. that. That's interesting. It is interesting. So, and Dave. Go, go, what I thought was weird is him going and, and doing Jeopardy. I know he filled in for a week and was very good. Yeah. I didn't think that would be something he could use as leverage. <laughs> is hey, he actually hey, using just, that as leverage? I'll just go host Jeopardy. He made Jeopardy. it sound like he was, yeah. <laughs> I'll just go do Jeopardy. Okay. Well, Dave's a Packer fan, so he may have a thought about Rodgers, the Rodgers situation. If you have anything else you guys would like to contribute, either the phone line or text line, 497-5356. would love to hear from you. Dave, what's on your mind? Thanks for the call. Well, good morning, fellas. Uh, indeed, I do have uh, some thoughts about Rod. That wasn't re- the reason why I called, although this will allow me to perhaps uh, practice a line of thinking. I was uh, uh, thinking of employing on Mad Dog Russo's show later this afternoon. And that's, that's this, and then we'll get to the rule in question and the weekend series in baseball assuming there's time. Sure. So quickly, there's a line in planes, trains, and automobiles where Steve Martin says, you're messing with the wrong guy. Uh, And so Rogers, with this gambit, is messing with the wrong fan base. Every fan in Packer Nation, we've seen this movie before, Mike and John, with Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. We got tired of, I'm retiring or I'm not retiring. Mm -hmm. And you would think of all the people who could appreciate the irony of his gambit, it would be Rodgers, because he was in exactly the same place Jordan Love was 15, 16, 17 years ago. And it's as if he's oblivious to it. So he's maybe already overplayed his hand with this latest thing he floated, which is he's not coming back unless the general manager, Brian Gutenkust, is fired. He, uh, he, it was touch and go there. I'm sure uh, he's going to have to walk this back. And to mix metaphors and mix movies, now I'm moving over to Moneyball. It's all about the money. It wasn't drafting love. What really triggered this was he brings in an MVP season, his third gets into the NFC title game for the second year in a row, and the Packers do not give him the big money. That's what's all about the money. (laughs) I got you, Dave. I'm not going to disagree. So as an ardent Packer fan, you are not backing Aaron to the hilt on this. Hmm. Not at all. When when Favre pulled that, I said to my, my friends and fellow, I said, 
Favre is dead to me. Okay. When he played for the Jets and the and the uh, Vikings, he was dead to me, Mike, mm-hmm. having loved his play for 20 years. Yeah. But when he pulled that stuff, he was dead to me. And Rodgers is the same thing. Okay. People are fans of teams, not players. All players make this mistake, or most of them do. The smart ones get it. It's about team play. Rodgers is is he's he's lost me as a fan, okay. and you know how much I've loved his. He, even if he yeah. walks it back, recants, and comes back and does take the first snap, he's lost you. Oh no, no! Oh, okay. I'm saying if he plays, if he plays this to its logical end, uh, I'm not going to be an Aaron Rodgers. I thought I hope the Packers are smart enough to trade him to the Titans or Denver so that we don't have to see him right. because he's a great player. Right. But I'm a Packers fan first, not an Aaron oh, okay. Rodgers fan. Okay. that makes sense. Yeah, thank you, Dave. So what about what about the hit-by-pitch rule and the series? Okay, Mike, what I, if I dare say, mm-hmm. I humbly submit that <laughs> what I do, I read and analyze text. The problem isn't the language after the comma, the language, the problem is the language before the comma. It's not the dependent clause. Okay. What this rule is intended to do is to mitigate and obviate the extent to which the umpire needs to make the judgment call as to how much of an effort yeah. did a player make to get out of the way of a pitch when he's in the batter's box. Mm-hmm. That's the rule's intention. So, I make no mistake, the rule is confusing, but the complication comes in the in the first part of the sentence, not the dependent clause. Okay. It's a, an attempt to get umpires off the hook of a troublesome judgment call. Okay. And what about the series? I appreciate that, Dave. What about the series? Well, you're right, Mike. And I've, we've, I've called in many times. I know it's getting close to the hour. There are, there are some losses that are just, oh, that you toss and turn yep. all night. Yep. And, I, and that one Friday night was brutal. And here's, so here's the thing. Managers or coaches, in this case, they have, they have a learning curve, too. And it was uh, in players. And so that, that was a learning moment. Uh, it was followed by a devastating defeat, defeat on Saturday. I didn't have the heart to listen to the game on Sunday. I was one of those. I wasn't off the bandwagon. When Martin <laughs> texted me the Beavers won, I was thrilled. But having gone through that sequence of Friday and Saturday, I, for the first time in a decade and a half, I had an opportunity to listen to a Beaver game. I didn't have the stomach for it. That's where I was yeah. as a fan yeah. on Sunday morning when I got out of church. Dave, thank you. We'll talk again later in the week. I, the learning curve, all of that, I'm not sure what specifically you're talking about. Maybe we can talk about it later in the week. But I have gone through the tag or not tag, and so did Mitch. He had a rational decision for not sending Forrester. You get that, right? We'll talk more about it later in the week. Thank you for the call. I don't know if that's what he's talking about. That was a tough one on all levels. We've got Kaylee Mitchell next. Here's the microphone. This thing on. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240. Joe 
Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. Technology shares are lagging, but U.S. stocks are doing fairly well otherwise today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 295 points at 34,170. The S&P 500 has moved up 21. However, the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite is down 43 points. More evidence that the new vehicle market is hot right now. Honda today reported its best April ever. The automaker sold more than 156,000 vehicles last month, a whopping 171% increase from April 2020 when the industry was devastated by pandemic-related lockdowns. Toyota, Hyundai, Kia, and Mazda all reported very strong April sales figures as well. A notable gainer today among stocks, Baker Hughes, the oil field services stock, is soaring 9% amid positive comments from Barclays, which upgraded the company's shares, saying the time is right to bet on oil field services and equipment stocks. U.S. oil prices notch solid gains today. That's your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable. So don't wait. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could I have EPI? Smash flame grilled sauteed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A- in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Order Qdoba Catering now for Cinco de Mayo. Have you tried to trade in or sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Guarantee will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your Lake Model RV in good condition. My name is Tanya and I live in Harrisburg. We used our trailer a few times last fall and it was just too small for our family. Guarantee made us a good faith offer for our RV that we couldn't refuse. Now we have the perfect RV and the kids love the bunk beds. Trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, motorhomes, they all qualify for cash for campers. My name is Chet and I live in Eugene. Guarantee made it so easy. They picked up my old RV and swapped it out for a brand new one with plenty of storage and a beautiful new kitchen. Uh, they even paid off my existing loan. Text sell my RV to 55678 for special offers or visit guarantee.com. That's sell my RV to 55678. Guarantee RV, here to help you sell or trade your RV with no hassles and no gimmicks. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, Corvallis Floor Covering would like to 
thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and looks forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Stop by and see Wendy, Robin, or Brian and check out their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood floorings, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the Golf Guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you play Blind Man's Bluff. Having a good short game goes a long way to helping your game. If you don't have a good short game and you're tired of sticking the club in the ground, here's a solution. Try practicing blindfolded. Most of the time when you hit your chip a bit heavy, you stick it in the ground. It's because you're most likely dipping your head at impact. Try this. Address the ball with your club, hold your chin as high as possible, and extend your arms down to the ball. Put a blindfold around your eyes. Reposition the club behind the ball and then readdress. Go ahead and chip the ball, keeping your head and upper body high through the motion. Then remove the blindfold and chances are your ball will be closer than your usual chip. The blindfold eliminates the hit impulse, which makes you dip your chin in an effort to scoop it. So remember, stop chunking your chips. Use a blindfold to help. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. So, how can I promote my new curbside pickup service? It's possible with Staples Connect. I need custom floor decals that'll get noticed, not just walked on. Also possible, Staples Connect can help your business grow with custom printed sales and marketing materials. And now get 15% off signs, posters, and decals when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends 529. Visit staples.com slash signage for details. It's like I blinked and suddenly all my business shifted to e-commerce. Now my business hours are whenever my customers need me. My customers want everything now and faster than ever. It's a whole different world. Your business is changing. The United States Postal Service is changing with it. We're bringing you fast, reliable shipping nationwide. And we're bringing it right when your customers need it. Let's discover new routes. Visit USPS.com slash new routes. The United States Postal Service. Priority you. From everywhere. Again. I'm talking about the Sky McIntyre. Mike McIntyre and the Buffaloes are coming, amongst many others. He's a big radio traffic here for country road and sink. Sight worth seeing. I know how you must feel. Yes, but not everyone's on board. And look at that sky. You look at it. But for everyone else, excitement is sky high for life in Corvallis. Sky Star is amazing. There seems to be a lot happening in it all the time. If it's happening, you'll hear about it on the Joe Beaver Show. I'm expecting something special for man. Keep your eyes skinned. I want reports. Oh, you'll get reports all right. The best reports on the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. And away we go with the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Four years ago. Yeah, that's the, right. The, the year of the eclipse. The, was it the eclipse was four years yes. ago? 
2017 on the fan. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's amazing. I don't know. I don't know if the path, Kaylee Mitchell, uh, who joins us, coming off a school record in the 3,000-meter steeplechase in the high-performance meet at the White Track and Field Center over the weekend, 957.40, the previous record set by a previous guest, as Kaylee Mitchell has been on with us before several weeks ago, Grace Featherstone in 2019, 1003.13. So this would be known as a shattering of the record. And congratulations to Kaylee, who we just want to get a feel for and congratulate her for the record-setting performance in the 3,000-meter steeple. Kaylee, congratulations to you. You must have felt good from the start. I mean, did you did you know as you were running, hey, this is a chance for a school record here? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> that wasn't really what was, like, motivating me or driving me. Um, but I, I knew um, that I wanted to run under 10 minutes and – um, so I guess that yeah. answers the question. What had been your previous best in the event? Uh, 10.37. 10.37? Your previous best yeah. was 10.37, and you go 9.57? Yeah. What? Okay. Tell us what. Wow. I mean, explain that, I guess, in a sense. That's an amazing jump. When was the 10... Uh, the 1037 that you previously had done? Um, that was from my freshman year. Um, I didn't start doing the steeplechase until my freshman year of college. Um, and we kind of just put me in it to see how I would do. Um, and, yeah, I've just gotten a lot better at running since then. <laughs> obviously, but that's still a lot. I mean, when so your goal was under 10. You certainly achieved that. Is this, was the goal based on what you'd been doing in workouts and in practice and, and maybe even in, in some other meets? I mean, what gave you the sense that you could go under 10 and then add to that going under 10, the school record? Um. Yeah, definitely uh, our workouts. I mean, I've been running a lot faster workouts than I did my freshman year. Um, and then really just getting myself to believe in myself. Um, Louie talks to us a lot about running these times and almost like normalizes it at practice, um, which I think helps. How are you feeling halfway through i mean were you feeling strong like okay this is going to be maybe not the race but a very very good one yeah um yeah i i definitely felt i felt good i did not remember what it felt like to run the steeplechase um i didn't know what it felt like to run that fast in the steeplechase either um and I honestly, I didn't really know how fast or slow I was running. It's really hard for me to tell what pace I'm running. Um, so I was kind of just uh, telling myself to just keep running, um, just keep focusing on the barriers, things like that. Um, so there's definitely still a lot that I want to work on. 
Um, but I feel like it was a really, a really good step for me. Now, if memory serves, you told us that you were, the steeplechase is one that you really liked, that as you were changing your your focus, that was one that you really liked. Am I correct on that? And if so, uh, how, how, what's the most difficult aspect of the, of the steeplechase? Yeah, I, I really liked the steeplechase. Um, I, when I was little, I really liked obstacle courses, and I'd always make my dad make me obstacle courses at, like, the playground. <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, I'm just doing another one of those obstacle courses. Um, when I get on the track to run a steeplechase, um, and then the hardest part about the steeplechase, yeah. um, I mean... I would probably say when you get about halfway through, maybe a little bit more, maybe once you hit like a mile, just the fatigue of jumping and running um, is challenging. But I think also just being confident in getting over the barriers um, and not being timid, timid and still accelerating to get over them when you're still, when you're tired towards the end of the race. Does the does the one foot in the water affect the race in having a wet foot? Because I noticed that if I'm walking around in a regular shoe <laughs> with a regular sock, I can cut, do anything. But without a sock, my feet slip inside the shoe. And I'm, I always wondered about what that would feel like in a, in a distance race with, a, with, with one wet foot. Well, I actually go get both my feet wet before I start the race. Uh, uh. Um, it helps me because I'm the kind of person where it's like, if there's mud, I'm going to try to avoid the mud. So I need to go get my feet muddy so that I just don't hmm. think about it because mm-hmm. um, they're already muddy. The same kind of thing goes with getting my feet wet. Um, but I honestly don't notice it while I'm running. Um my mind's just focused on everything else so that I'm not thinking about whether my foot is wet or dry or, or any of that. Well, this may be the weirdest question in the world, but when you're a long-distance runner or even a sprinter, do you wear thin socks with those running shoes? Because they look like shoes that you could just put on without socks because they're wrapped around you and tight enough and light enough. I... I'm one of the few, I think, that actually do wear socks. Um, a lot of people, especially in the steeplechase, I've heard don't wear socks. Hmm. Um, it really just depends on the person. But I I personally like wearing um, a thin sock with my spikes, but not everyone does. Kaylee Mitchell joining us, setting a new record in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, shattering the record that her teammate Grace Featherstone had and improving her own personal best by 40 seconds. I mean, just a a remarkable uh, performance. The white, uh, the the place was buzzing Saturday, Kaylee. Did your folks and other family members get to come and watch? I hope the answer is yes to that. I saw people everywhere as I was heading to call a baseball game around the white track and field uh, center. Multitude of teams were in. It looked like a grand event 
So tell me a little bit about the energy and the excitement around the venue. You set a school record. What was that all like, and did your folks get to see it? Louie did such an awesome job putting this meet together. Um, I actually texted him Friday night after I got home, and I was like, hey, thanks for putting this meet together. Um, the energy was just awesome there. Um, yeah, my, my family was there. My parents were there. My boyfriend was there. And um, my close family friend, massage therapist, Dawn was also there, um, and it was really fun because they got to be kind of close to the, the finish line, so I got to give them a hug right after I finished, which was awesome. I haven't gotten to do that in a while, um, so it was just an awesome place to be Friday and Saturday, so props to Louie. Yeah. Now, to be able to pull a meet like that off, you know, after all that all programs have been through had to be really a, I think almost a landmark moment it seems for the for the program and this season Kaylee it strikes me coming off of your own personal accomplishment for a moment hasn't it been a year of incredible steps for the program itself this year and this meet just the latest in that oh 100% I mean we've had girls doing crazy PRs like Batia Beard, uh, she ran 1601 um, in the 5K at our meet Friday night, which was so awesome to see. Um, I mean, everyone's just killing. I mean, Audrey ran 1620. Um, so all of, all of our team is just killing it and really has been elevated this year. And, um, it's just so awesome to be a part of, and I'm I'm so grateful to get to train with all these women and um, under Louie, and it's just awesome. <laughs> Kaylee Mitchell joining us on the Joe Beaver Show out of Sprague High School. Kaylee, you, I can tell it means a lot to you. The, the program itself, the, just the experience means a lot to you. So I, we really appreciate that sense of enthusiasm you're sharing. I wonder now, if you're able to go 957 and set a school record, whether how did you feel at the end? I mean, do you feel like, hey, with more training, there's more time to shave from that based on how you felt? Or what are your thoughts about the future now in this event? Oh, I 100% know there's more left to give even this season. Um, uh, yeah, I, okay. I think I have a lot more in me. Well, that's great. And what's next then for you guys? The Pac-12s, is that coming next? Yeah, some of the team, um, a few of our girls are going to be running in the Oregon Twilight this upcoming Friday. Um, but then the next race for me personally will be Pac-12s in a couple of weeks. And where are those? Pac-12s is in California. Okay. How were the conditions Saturday or Friday, I should say, for the uh, for the event you were in? I mean, it, were they ideal to be able to set the record? Did you feel really good? Temperature just right? Did you have any wins at all? What was Friday night like at the White Track and Field Center? I thought the temperature was perfect. Um, there definitely was some wind on the back stretch that I noticed, um, but other than that, it was. 
it was great. Mm-hmm. So is it a goal then? I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you have more in you this year, will you go to the Pac-12s with the idea that you can run even faster in this event? Yes. Okay. And training thus will will kind of get you there. Is that, I don't, you know, you, you guys all live in a world that, of which I'm not familiar, <laughs> having to be able to run at all these days, but to be able to run and run at the elite levels that you do, will your training be geared toward trying to bring, I mean, can you make another jump, I guess? I'm not saying another uh, necessarily 40 seconds, but... Yeah. But will your training be geared toward the goal of bringing that time down even a little more? I would honestly say that a majority of the training work has been done. Um, we're definitely still having good training this week. Um, but I think more so going into Pac-12, it's more of a mental thing for me and getting my mind right and Believing in myself, that's something that I've worked very, very hard on this season, um, especially this last week. So for me personally, I think it's staying calm, cool, and collected and just continuing to check off training boxes leading into championship season. That's interesting. You talk about the mental part of it. We talked to Don Shockley, the women's golf coach, about the same type of thing that when you're when some of our golfers are getting under par late and an event is coming down the stretch, that the success they're having can almost be a bit unsettling. Like, can I keep this going? Can I sustain this? I'm playing well. Uh, is it going to go away? What am I going to do? You can get these trains of thought going that can be somewhat disruptive to what you're doing. When you talk about your own mental game, so to speak, what are the the things you're trying to discipline your mind, your soul to do to stay in the right frame of mind? Yeah, I am trying um, to get myself to believe in myself um, and also know that I can do more than I think I can. Um, Just still getting used to continuing to push even when things hurt and knowing that just because something hurts doesn't mean that I'm doing it wrong. It means I'm doing it right. Um, And just kind of reframing my mindset of pain being a bad thing and and almost having it be um, a good thing to have that discomfort because it means you're doing it right. Um, There's like a lot, a lot that goes into it, and it kind of varies on what I need to focus on thinking about day to day. but I would say the main thing for me right now is just having confidence in myself and believing in myself. That's interesting. You bring up a lot of things that we don't have time to explore here because we, <laughs> we have been taught on a certain level that your body will tell, oh, that's hurting. I'm hurting. Your body's trying to tell you, slow down, stop, do something different. But you're saying in uh-huh. your sport and in your discipline, there you feel like there's a level of breakthrough with to deal with, yeah, it hurts, but it's because I'm doing it right, not wrong, and that you have to kind of stay in that frame of mind without ultimately, of course, injuring yourself. Is there a fine line between the two? Oh, yeah, and when I say hurt, like, in a race, it's more of, like, the discomfort of, like, running. Um, There's a 
huge difference between pushing past your physical limits in a race or something hurts and I need to get this looked at. <laughs> um, so you got to just make sure that you can differentiate between the two. And I feel like it's pretty easy to differentiate between those two, but maybe that's just for me. Last thing, Kaylee, do you know where your time is in the, uh, the league this year? Um, I think it's, I haven't looked in like a day or two or whatever. I've only looked once, but mm-hmm. I think it's like third in the Pac-12, I believe. Okay. Okay. So that right now that could place at the uh, Pac-12 tournament, Pac-12 championships. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we really appreciate your time. Congratulations. We'll we'll keep an eye on you guys and how things go here in just a couple of weeks, in fact, with the Pac twelves and and who knows, you know, Texas, I guess Texas A and M is the uh the regionals and then Eugene the finals. Who knows? Who knows? Best of luck. We really appreciate you taking time with us. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you for having me on. Kaylee Mitchell, our guest. We will break. We we won't. Oh, we won't. We want to. Um, the computer. Well, yeah. It just kind of <laughs> someone turned something off in a back room while working on another problem. So we're stuck here. Well, talking. can you can you bring up what I emailed yeah. to you while I talk? And I it's about four fifty seconds in. I would say you could go ahead and bring it up. This is between now and when we hope to break and bring Michael Chaplin. This is the answer Mitch gave to me. For those of you who didn't hear it, he didn't have, Dave said he didn't have the stomach to listen yesterday because the Beavers had lost the first two games. I mean, I, I know we all, we take these things hard. We brood over them. I, I, that Friday night was very difficult for me. I took my anger out on the live stream, and it was wrong of me to do so. But after... The horse got out of the barn and UCLA scored four. Then I began to vent anger at, well, the live stream is showing this now. Why don't, you know, I mean, that was my, it was about the only way that I could deal with, you know, be angry and sin not. I was probably being angry and uh, unfortunately sinning, uh, taking out, you know, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So I was not in a good place in terms of how I felt, how I was dealing and coping with adversity. And that's on me. Okay. But I got mad at the uh, live stream in the bottom of the ninth inning more than I'd had at any other point of the game. <laughs> what did you do? Because well, I, I, I only saying, had one temper tantrum just, my entire time, and I threw them all on my, my player cards. <laughs> I just threw them at the TV. I, I was just frustrated by... The tight shots on things, no wide yeah. shots of being able to see, well, I think we may have a pinch runner. Oh, I don't know. There might yeah. be a new pitcher coming in. I don't know. The camera's staying on these tight shots of everybody all the time with no pullback to see what else is going on right. on the field. And it, it, when the Beavers were up 5-1, to one, I was less exercised by that. all that stuff. That's bad of me. I yeah. apologize. Um, you had two files in there, Justin Boyd and, and then pregame. Yeah, and then Mitch is the other oh, one. I didn't I gotta look that up now. Oh, that's okay. I'll just yeah, take it. It's two right seconds. there. And and we'll take we'll listen to just a little bit of his answer 
But even though it's a few minutes, do can we not do it? No, it's just there's one that says Justin Boyd pregame, yeah. another one that says UCLA game two. And that's Canem. The word Mitch is not in there. It is there if you look at it a little further. UCLA game two, Canem. It's in there. Well, and not on the, the window yeah. that I, I can I understand. See. Now, I'm getting frustrated at technology. I know. And it's better to get frustrated at, at technology than at me so, <laughs> or Mitch or anybody else, right? I understand. <laughs> now, you think it's around 50 seconds. Yeah, then. just if you start playing it at 50 seconds, I think we're in good shape. It might okay, be it's at 40 for, and it's okay, counting. So okay, I'll, so uh, let's see where we're at in it. As losses go, as a losses go that's a tough one. How, do you, how did you deal with it immediately, and how do you kind of approach it today just to kind of get the guys back up and ready to fight to keep winning a series? Well, obviously, it's extremely difficult going into, you know, the ninth inning with a, a four-run lead. And, you know, it's kind of our, our plan was, was going just just how we wanted it. You know, it's uh, Kevin starting, Chris coming in behind him, getting us to the eighth with the lead. And Brian Salgado, who's been lights out for us all year long, uh, getting after guys. And, you know, we, our plan was Sally coming in for the eighth, the, the one-two punch, Sally to Molly, And, you know, uh, Brian coming in. I mean, shoot, Frisch was doing a real good job rolling. We had about a 42-minute half inning right there where they had multiple pitch changes and and everything going on, um, scoring, scoring three, Army having a great at-bat, um, you know, working a 3-2 count, whether you're supposed to go up there and, and lay a bunt down and move runners and ends up getting to a 3-2 count, thousand off next next pitch, he drives one over the left fielder's head, and we're sitting in a good spot, especially after Garrett drives one, oppo gap, and, you know, the guy, the lefty came in, he walks, you know, two guys. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting in a good spot. Um, pop up to, to right field. We got, you know, Forrester, not a burner over at third. The right fielder's got a strong arm. So we're trying to hold him up. But then we run into, you know, kind of had our head down on the bases and didn't pay attention if the guys were advancing or not. And we ran ourselves into a double play, you know, which, which you know, shut down the runs. But either way, still sitting in yeah. a, a uh, four-run lead with uh, two of the best arms in, in college baseball to go in and close out the game. And, um, you know, Sally, for whatever reason, just didn't have his stuff and wasn't able to find the zone. So we uh, identified that quickly and went to, you know, the best closer there is. And, you know, Moley going out there and working, shoot a couple, couple soft contacts, um, you know, just find just over the reach of, of Over's glove. Uh, one that falls in, Meckler going all out for, um, and then and then a walk. And then uh, when Washburn came in, you could tell Molly was starting to get get fatigued. And after that walk, it was time to go to Wash, who also has been a guy that, you know, has elite-level stuff. I mean, he's running his fastball, you know, into the mid-90s. And... Uh, Big time slider. We just had a, a one-two fastball that that stayed stayed in the guy's hot zone, um, and you know he made the most of it to tie it up. So it, you know, obviously a, a unfortunate turn of events. I thought the guys, you know, did a fantastic job offensively, staying with their plan, 
walking six times and only punching out six. So, you know, putting pressure on the defense, but you know, pitching wise, we just obviously too many, too many walks um, that that really hurt us, especially at the end when you're letting that next guy get to the dish. You know, things bad things can happen. So that was Mitch taking it all on, and you can tell he kind of went through the the whole late inning sequences and decisions. And on a certain level, it speaks to the toughness and grit of the team to get through that, then lose again Saturday and come back and find a way to win yesterday, and they did. It was impressive. Jake Fennigs was good. Uh, Greg Fuchs was good. The Beavers get a good win that with the jumble that the Pac-12 race is, keeps them very much alive and viable to be a regular season Pac-12 champion because they still have teams ahead of them head-to-head. They've got USC this weekend, and they still have Stanford and Arizona and Arizona State, not ahead of them, but right in the mix as well. It's a tough finish. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. We, We knew it was going to be. They got off to a very good start. They they won series against teams below them. Now, to win the league, which I think they have a shot to, they're going to need to, to beat a couple of teams that are just a little bit ahead of them. But I think they can. I really do. You said uh, Friday or Thursday that you knew and you felt that Kevin Abel would be better. And, and he, he was. was. Way better. He yeah. was very good. He was great. Cooper was mm. great. Mm-hmm. It just it fell apart. Baseball's After tough. After they're gone. And baseball's a tough game. <laughs> you also yeah. talk a lot about about open doors. Mm-hmm. And the Beavers actually took a huge one in the first inning. Was it yesterday? Yesterday. Two outs, nobody on. Army uh-huh. hits a ball up the middle. Mikey Perez to his right. They originally scored at a base hit, and then I think properly changed right. it to an error. I noticed that. That may be a little bit of protecting the the earned run average of, of UCLA and all of that. I get that. But... So there you go. You give a team, like a good team, an extra out, you're going to pay for it. And the Beavers score three in the first because of it. We're going to take a break, are we, or not? We still can't? The only reason I say that is we have a transitional phase to Michael Chaplin that we're going to try to execute. I think you're actually trying to build one on the fly. Are you not? Yeah, but it means i got to manually... Do things while calling him. At I the can same call time. him if you manually do it. Um, I believe it or not, I could walk around to the other side of this board oh, and I actually place a phone call. I think I can do it. I just have to find stuff that I don't know. <laughs> What's next in the log? <laughs> like Garrity is a spot, right? Yes, it is. Well, there's like ten of them here. Well, I don't know which one. Pick to one. Choose. <laughs> and I don't. Even, I don't know which one it is. I know. Um, because the computer, the automation, runs these things at a certain point. Here's Garrity OSU Baseball. I'll play that one. What's another sponsor of the Joe Beaver Show? Well, I think here comes Big Scotty with an update. Are we back in business? Uh, Okay. All right. Yeah, give me a second and we'll be able to do it. I'm doing it right now. Very good. Thank you, Scott. I was going to build my own, but <laughs> this is easier. I was listening to it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Big Scotty. Oh, you, we appreciate you, it. Well, I would, if I'd have known that, I'd use your name and thrown you under. <laughs> Just for fun. Just Scott for has fun. gotten us back in business. Scott Schuler, Cricket Country 99.9 FM.
Okay, so and we are. This is going to take a minute or two to to, to rebuild it. To no, to re reboot, and mm-hmm. I'm just rebooting, not the whole computer, just the program yeah. that does the commercials, um, because they all come out of the back. Couple of uh, texts. Okay, we've got um, Curtis who says uh, they they should. Uh, <laughs> I think that the rule must have been written by people who don't know baseball. This was way back, I think, when we were talking about moving out of the way of a, of a pitch, and it's um, it stinks as a fan when it happens. But can you really uh, blame a player for moving on? And that has to do with players who who want to uh, come and go and transfer and go to different places. And then you you probably see the uh, the Dave Friday night one. I'm gonna do this while you read that or look at that. And you know this I would disagree with this. I'm not sure who. I, again, I have to scroll all the way back. Normally in baseball, the decision to go not go at third on a fly ball is made by the runner, not the coach. Mm-hmm. Runner has to read and react immediately, cannot wait for the coach to decide. I, I don't think that's true, uh, Texter. I, I, Not at third. No, I thought you were going by when I mean, you, even when you're rounding it, you're looking at yeah, the third no, base coach. I, I think that's, generally speaking, I'm not sure on what you predicate your statement that normally in baseball the decision to go, uh, to go no-go at third on a fly ball is made by the runner, not the coach. Uh, I... I Mitch clearly is in control of that by getting him on the bag. He, Garrett took several steps and then the stop sign went up. That that's that wasn't Garrett deciding on his own to go. Mitch had him on the bag ready to go and then decided, no, it's not quite deep enough and I've got another route to play with. So the decision makes, and there, there's an argument that can be made on behalf of that decision and you heard Mitch talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, the fact that it didn't work out, per se, makes it easier to go back. Well, we should have, he should have, this should have. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. We all have that benefit now of, of indeed, hindsight. We ready? Yeah. Michael Chaplin next, 1240 Joe Radio. Howdy, folks. Linda McHenry here to tell you what you need to know about Eats and Treats Cafe in Volumen. We serve up just darn good comfort food, serious barbecue, and amazing baked goods from our on-premise bakery. And we serve it up in three different ways. Take-out order with curbside pickup, dine inside with advanced reservations, and alfresco dining outside along our covered breezeway. That's Eats and Treats Cafe on the corners of 17th and Main Streets in Philomath. COVID has changed a lot of things in our lives and it can be hard for anyone. If you're struggling to cope, you don't have to go it alone. There's strength in reaching out. When you call the Safe and Strong Helpline, you can find support in your community. It's free and private, so your information won't be shared. Call 800-923-HELP to connect with someone who's ready to listen and who cares. That's 800-923-4357. We're stronger in community. 
Have you tried to trade in or sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Guarantee will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. My name is Tanya and I live in Harrisburg. We used our trailer a few times last fall and it was just too small for our family. Guarantee made us a good faith offer for our RV that we couldn't refuse. Now we have the perfect RV and the kids love the bunk beds. Trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, motorhomes, they all qualify for cash for campers. My name is Chet and I live in Eugene. Guarantee made it so easy. They picked up my old RV and swapped it out for a brand new one with plenty of storage and a beautiful new kitchen. Well, they even paid off my existing loan. Text sell my RV to 55678 for special offers or visit guarantee.com. That's sell my RV to 55678. Guarantee RV, here to help you sell or trade your RV with no hassles and no gimmicks. People are talking about Thai Express in Corvallis. Jim says, Love this place. My new favorite. Best pad thai I've ever had. And always fantastic service, too. Come and experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity and customized to your taste. It's same, same, but different. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai. Thai Express, locally and veteran-owned on 9th Street behind Little Caesars in Corvallis. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. Good work by Scott, by you, by the Pac-12 Network and their live stream, by everybody. <laughs> All is well. Hey, you get to be home this weekend. <laughs> That's true. You, you cannot it, take it that for granted ever. It will be so much. You'll be like, whoa, this is great. Call a ball game in person. In person. It's an interesting concept. Oregon State University VP and Director of Athletics Scott Barnes unveiled the new $7.15 million OSU gymnastics practice facility to the program student-athletes one week ago today. Yeah. It has been a, a busy week, 20,000-square-foot center. We thought of Michael and Tanya immediately. This is the first chance we've been able to connect and it's a pleasure to welcome in Associate Head Coach Michael Chaplin to talk about this grand unveiling and event. Michael, congratulations to you, the program. What are your thoughts just about what this means to you and how excited are you about this new uh, gymnastics uh, facility that opened one week ago today? Uh, hey, Mike and John. Hey. Thanks for having us on, having me on. Yeah, we're, we are, I can't tell you how excited we are. It's uh it's an amazing facility. It was a long time kind of in, 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 the, in the works, but um, we are so happy to be in here because it's such a fantastic facility with all the bells and whistles and training apparatuses we need to really uh, help us move forward as a program. And we, we love Gladys Valley Gymnastics Center. We were very uh, happy with, with it 
Um, but it, it, but it was time, you know, sometimes you just outgrow a place, and, and we had outgrown it, and we are very excited to be here in our new training facility. So you and I have been kind of going back and forth a couple of days last week. You said we're practicing. Are you using the facility now? Yeah, we just finished practice. Actually, kids are, the athletes are wrapping up right now, and um, I, it's been fantastic. So it's it's really, we had at one point hoped that maybe we could get in here before the season was out so that the, some of the seniors uh, could have a chance to train in this facility. But you know how construction goes, and they pushed really hard, but it just, it, timing didn't work, but it worked really well with season wrapped up. Uh, we got back from nationals with Maddie, and we're able to move uh, into the new facility. And, and we are now in spring training, and, and uh, the, the team's in here working out right now. Does it also afford uh, Tanya and yourself and other coaches office space that you may, might not have had? Give us an idea of what you have now that you weren't able to have before. Uh, oh, we, we have just a small office space here. Here. We still do our primary offices and, and work in uh, Gill Coliseum, so that will be the same. So we'll always still be in Gill with all the other coaches, which is nice. What this has is it's a training facility. So in terms of um, it's about three times bigger in terms of floor space with all the equipment. So where we there's stuff we didn't even have in Gladys Valley. We have something called a tumble track and a rod floor, um, and we have three vaults instead of just one vault. We have five full beams plus two low beams. Before, we just had four beams. Uh, we have four training, four uneven bars plus a trench bar, a tramp bar, and a single bar. So we, we've almost, it's, it's you know amazing what we have just in terms of the gymnastics space. We still have a trampoline. We have an athletic training room that has these beautiful hydro tubs. Uh, so Deb's able to take care of the athletes um, with whatever they need. The team also has a team room, locker rooms, and bathrooms as well that are really, really nice. So when they come over before practice or after practice, there's a team room in there. They can study, train, hang out. Um, it, it has everything we, we we were hoping for, and, and we couldn't be more excited to be able to utilize this space and show it off. Did you have them put in rings so you can do your 50-year-old Iron Cross? <laughs> that was the one thing they made me cut out, John. I said, John really wants to do an Iron Cross. <laughs> I, I rip his arms out. In here, but, but something had to go, and so that, that was off. got cut early. Well, it's really nice. I mean, I think it's fantastic, and and you're up there with everybody else. I mean, the, the, the facilities improvements in the last 15 years, Michael, wouldn't you agree? 20 years, really, if you go all the way back to the Truax Center, because I remember when oh, softball yeah. was in the corner of yes. where Pro Throw is now, yeah. and was like a, a a ball, you know, like a park, a, a diamond at a at a at a you know, a, oh my god, a, a city park, <laughs> and now. You know, it's kind of culminated. The golf center has been was upgraded, and and with this practice facility, I'm not sure what's left, but I'm sure there's more to do. But you kind of uh, you guys got yours. It's it's real nice for you. Yeah, absolutely. the The funny thing is, Tanya and I've been here. We're going on year 25. So when we got here, the big thing they were talking about, they were hiring us. They're like, yeah, we're going to have an annex. You know, which was basically meant to be the you know SPC and the uh, basketball training facilities. 
And that took about 15 years for that to happen. Not to mention Proto Field. People don't even remember the big tower and the grass field that's mm-hmm. in the yeah. middle of that. There was no uh, indoor facilities. Softball had that little corner space. And so when we first got here, we were thrilled. Glass Valley was great. But in 25 years, everybody has built bigger and better facilities. And now our facility is the biggest in the Pac-12 and one of the biggest in the country. And and it puts us on par with anybody, right? So that's, that's fantastic. And the rest of the facilities are the same thing, right? We're all moving forward and, and getting bigger and better, and I think you're starting to see a payoff with a lot of our sport. What will become of the, the Gladys Knight facility? Uh, Gladys Valley, well, Gladys we're Valley. not sure, to be honest with you. It, it, um, it, I've heard different things, but I personally do not know for sure exactly what they're going to use. It may be a temporary thing for a little while till they... Uh, find a, a permanent uh, aspect for that that building. That building's historic. It's mm-hmm. it was like the fifth or seventh building ever built on campus. So it's yeah. a really great old building, but it's going to need a little love and 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 a couple things to kind of get it up to par with with the rest of campus. And last thing for me on the facility, and maybe we ask you a couple of questions on on your team. But um, were there accoutrements that help in recruiting a young person in other words really cool lockers and things for the athletes in this new facility like you would see every time they unveil things for for football and basketball uh yeah i mean in terms of what the facility will do for recruiting um we'll we're putting it out there we have more video for all the recruits they're starting to see it and it's the nice thing is we've always been able to get pretty good recruits to come on campus, but um, when you look at some of the SEC facilities, they were two to three times bigger with every aspect of what the athletes had coming in. So now the recruits are going to be able to see this facility. Um, right now, we until athletes get to come on campus in June, hopefully, uh, it's all online, and and so and we're sending them pictures and things like that. So we're really excited in terms of. Uh, a recruiting tool for our for our program. And Michael, there is on on the story at osubeavers.com, there is the ability to get kind of a guided tour by yourself and uh, Brian Rashilla. Is that correct? We can follow you along and see all of the things you're talking about online right now and your recruits can too. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So when they, they go online, it's kind of a short little two to three minute video with uh, goes over all the different apparatus and aspects of this facility and, and what we have. So the recruits are definitely, uh, we're hoping that they're dialing in and, and checking that out. Michael Chaplin, our guest. Michael, when you say, so we now have, you know, on par or even above, where does it rate? For example, the bra- uh, basketball practice center now is, I, I think, you know, the basketball practice center is is maybe – as, as good, if not better, than anything in our conference and one of the best in the country by all reports. Now, that's predicated on what people say. I haven't seen all the others, so I don't know. But where would you say this facility for you places you in the sense, does it, make, does it mean that nobody else has better or that you have better than a lot of other people? I would say it makes us the biggest in the Pac-12 right now. Okay. University of Utah is the other program that has always prided itself on having one of the best facilities and they've had a remarkable program so they're trying to figure out how to add on to their facility so they can get back to being the biggest in the Pac-12 but we are definitely the biggest in the Pac-12 right now and probably the third 
an entire country. And like like we said, it has everything any other facility has. So it, we are on par with the very best facilities okay. in the country. Okay. So, um, you know, it's it's amazing. And we're very fortunate and very grateful that Scott and the university stepped up and and really made this happen for our, our program. Yeah. Has uh, has this made and, and other improvements to like the the basketball center and 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 everything else for the other sports? Are you now you being the athletic department? Are you now at a point where and it wasn't that many years ago where you guys had to communicate on a calendar with basketball, women's basketball, volleyball to use Gill Coliseum? For practicing does this now render that null and void save for when each team yourself included want to get into gill for game day prep yeah that what really helped to be honest when they built uh the practice facility for men's and women's basketball that alleviated a ton in terms of probably more for volleyball because volleyball still uses gill coliseum on a day-to-day basis we never did we had Gladys valley it was only for meet day when we had to set up and they would still be practicing, and it'd be 3 o'clock, and I'd be like, oh, I can't wait till they're done. And I'd have to run in there and, mm-hmm. and, and try to get everything set up for a meet. Now they are able to, those days, they may still be in there, but it's not as pressing because obviously they have this beautiful facility that they can work out in. Um, so we, it, it, in terms of what this facility does for, like, camps, though, we were able to run summer camps in here and not have to set up Gill Coliseum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that really frees up, you know, other programs that want to use Gill for their camps. So um, it, it's tremendous. And, and the other thing I will point to is, like, if you watch what's happened with men's and women's basketball, people that invested and, and helped out to get that beautiful facility done, you're seeing those programs really excel because they're doing well. You're going to get athletes in to see those programs, mm-hmm. see the facilities, and they're going to want to come. You know, it's just one more, more thing that they're like, hey, great facilities, great programs, and we want to be part of that. Final thing, Michael, and, and that is just the practicality of a – of a facility being a few minutes away from campus and how how the travel part of it works out. Is it easy? Are you already in a good place just in terms of the routine to get out to Research Way? It's just a few minutes away. How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's really easy. It's only a five-minute drive. We did it when we first they told us about this building. I got in the car, and, and it's a five-minute drive. I walked it. It's a 20-minute walk, and mm-hmm. there's bike paths that go right by. So it's 10 minutes. So the funny thing I, I realized, I would watch our athletes get ready in Gill because they go into the training room to see Deb and, and do whatever treatments they have to do. They would come out and they would get in their car and they would drive over to the Gladys Valley. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I was like, it's just kids nowadays, you know, when we always bike or ride or things. Through the but snow. they would even, you know, take a two-minute car ride <laughs> to be a little closer to, to, to Gladys Valley. And now they're, what they're talking about is parking. They're excited that they're going to be able to park here for free, and even when we leave for road trips, we're probably going to have the bus pick us up mm-hmm. out here so the athletes can, mm-hmm. you know, uh, park their car here while we're gone for a couple of days and not have to worry about parking or leaving the car there. So did, has this was this building identified? I've been hearing talk of this for a couple of years now, maybe even longer. When you talk about it, it's been long in the works. Was that piece of property identified a while back michael who found it and came to you or was it your idea how did how did that place become the osu uh, gymnastics practice facility well when when scott got here um 
you know, we had already been talking about it, right? We we talked to um, Bob about it, Bob Carlos, and and Todd for a little bit, but he wasn't here very long. So it, while we were making progress with Bob, uh, Todd got here and it kind of stalled a little bit, and obviously he left after about a year, so it never really moved forward until Scott got here and. Scott and Dan went out there and started looking at a lot of different facilities or different places. We looked on campus and off. And the one that ended up making the most sense was this location. The university thought this would be great. Uh, they have other buildings over here, and it's close enough to campus. We felt like it, it just really was, we were really lucky that this worked out. So it was really the Scott and, and Dan went out there and, and identified a lot of different locations. We went and looked, and Tony and I felt like this was going to be the best spot for making this happen now. You know what I mean? If we being on campus would have been great, but again, that making that happen would have been probably another couple of years mm-hmm. in the making. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, out of sense, that this could be once they identified this building, it was like, okay, let's move on it, and and it really fell into place after that. Congratulations, Michael. Really thrilled to hear that news. Sorry that it took us a week to be able to make a connection with you, but I'm glad you're in and using it and all things are going well. I'm sure your athletes love it and appreciate it, as will your future student-athletes in the program. So congratulations to you, to Scott, to Dan, to yourself, Tanya, everybody involved in this. Thanks for talking about it with us today on the show. Thank you, guys. I hope we get you out here to take a look at it soon. Love to do a show out there someday. That is uh, Michael Chaplin, our guest. We'll wrap it up next for we're gonna today. Take, we're going to fit in two small breaks. Because of the breakdown earlier in the next-gen right. communication system that Scott figured out down the hall and That's got right. to you in time to get two little breaks in <laughs> on 1240 Joe Radio. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A- in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Order Qdoba Catering now for Cinco de Mayo. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. So if you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team. Always putting you first. Stargazer Premier Florist knows flowers are a beautiful way to make mothers feel loved and appreciated, especially now. And they're ready to help deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Mother's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time. Stargazer is providing no-contact deliveries while maintaining cleanliness and health safety in the shop. So stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of Mother's Day arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Flores, located at 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. 
tired of staying home? Are you ready to get out and enjoy an activity that is safe and fun? Join us Summer League at Highland Bowl. Check out their league schedule at highlandbowl.com and find a day and time that's just right for you and your friends. Don't be left in the gutter. Join us Summer League at Highland Bowl today. Highland Bowl, North 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up. You knock them down. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 72 years and is still here to help you 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. And don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at middletonheating.net all right we got about seven minutes to get in two minutes but anyway welcome back to the program uh mariner baseball tonight no game on or no no sean moreno what no <laughs> show plays. on wednesday sean moreno must be heard all the time because he never plays <laughs> oh his name his name is no sean Who's pitching? You say? Now you say. You, you tell me. You know. I don't know. You say Kikuchi. They got to do something with I'd that. I'd like to see a little bit of a variation on who's on first. Yeah. From the Mariners yeah. themselves. Uh, some kind of an ad campaign. And then yeah. he comes in at the end yeah, and yeah. says something yeah. funny. Come see me pitch Friday night yeah. or whatever. You, you know, say. I, what? You say. <laughs> I say nothing. <laughs> anyway, Mariner baseball work. tonight at work. six. Yes. And uh, the Who Blazers. are they playing tonight? Uh, they start a series with Baltimore. Okay, okay. Three games set at home with Baltimore after taking the series from Anaheim. Okay, they can keep it rolling. Although Baltimore's playing, I think, a little better than people had expected. That's true. Um, what about Adley Rutschman? I know. He's on Twitter right now after one really cool quote that he said that shows how great of a person he okay, is. Okay, well, what is It's on Twitter. Well, do you have it in front of you? I'll have it after the break. Okay, let's take our final two-minute break but and we'll get an when's Adley he playing? quote. He must just be at the team, major league clubs, and Andrew Moore, I think, is going to, you know, I keep saying, I feel like Andrew Moore is almost see me coolie or coolie, whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah. You know, what does he exist? Does he? Yeah. I keep saying Andrew Moore, Andrew Moore. I believe we're going to get Andrew on and he can talk us talk to us about what's happening. Yeah, I don't know if the term alternate site, what, what the actual verbiage is these days, uh-huh. but Andrew was assigned by the Tigers to AAA Toledo. And they have a season beginning this week, I believe, either – either tomorrow or Wednesday, a triple-A season's beginning. And he's and Adley, I don't know where Adley is. I honestly do not know where he's been assigned. But I suspect that he'll see the big leagues this year. Should, I hope he? so. He should be, yeah. except for that whole contract thing. The clock. If the clock on when you start yeah. a guy. Here's an answer. Let's go to okay, break. Okay, we'll, we'll break right and back. come back. 1240 Joe Radio. Stargazer Premier Florist knows flowers are a beautiful way to make mothers feel loved and appreciated, especially now. And they're ready to help deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Mother's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time. Stargazer is providing no-contact deliveries while 
maintaining cleanliness and health safety in the shop. So stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of Mother's Day arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, located at 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Mother's Day is this Sunday. Make her day extra special with a gift from Burst Chocolates in Corvallis. For over 80 years, Burst has continued the old-fashioned and time-honored tradition of making all their chocolates by hand and in small batches from original Burst family recipes. A box of candy from Burst is always a sweet Mother's Day idea. They're between 3rd and 4th on Madison in downtown Corvallis or online at BurstChocolate.com. Burst Chocolates, sweetening the valley since 1938. Happy with your job? Looking for more than just a job? Build a career with Antec. Enjoy competitive pay, full benefits, health insurance, 401k, tuition reimbursement, and much more. Antec is growing and wants you to be part of their team. From welders, electricians, and CNC machinists to HR generalists, accounts payable specialists, and more. To see a complete list of all available positions and job requirements, visit Entech.com under the Employment tab. That's E-N-T-E-K.com or call for more details. Entech is an equal opportunity employer. Howdy, folks. Linda McHenry here to tell you what you need to know about Eats and Treats Cafe in Voloma. We serve up just darn good comfort food, serious barbecue, and amazing baked goods from our on-premise bakery. And we serve it up in three different ways. Takeout order with curbside pickup, dine inside with advanced reservations, and alfresco dining outside along our covered breezeway. That's Eats and Treats Cafe on the corners of 17th and Main Streets in Philomath. Right now at your local Domino's, you can carry out any size pizza with unlimited toppings for only $12.99 when ordering to carry out at the store, by phone, or online with the C12 code. Also, Domino's is now hiring for all positions. Domino's offers flexible hours, pay raises, and bonuses for managers. Some drivers leave with cash in their pocket after every shift. Apply online at Domino's.com or stop by the Domino's store in Monmouth, Staten, Lebanon, Albany, or Corvallis. Domino's, delivering oven-baked goodness since 1960. Our flight able. We'll find it for tomorrow. Oh, 30 seconds okay, left. Okay, we got about right. 30 seconds. Um, but Adley does begin the season at Bowie, AA, the AA affiliate, yeah. Wednesday. His first full season in professional baseball. Uh, he'll catch a pitcher by the name of D.L. Hall Wednesday. We'll follow him closely, find that tweet for tomorrow. Yeah. And tomorrow... We believe we've got Jason Quick and Wayne Tinkle. That's a good combo right there. We're expecting that tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today on the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.